Let us pray. Think upon me, my God, for good, according to all that I have done for this people. Nehemiah 5.19 My Lord, as I look around and observe all of the blessings that you have bestowed upon me, quicken my heart to be mindful of your children who have yet to lay hold of all the promises that you have in store for them. With this quickening of my heart, I pray that you will give me the vision and resources needed for me to carry out the rebuilding of your children. Like the wall in the book of Nehemiah, I now understand that I am called to help build the walls of hope in the hearts of your children who are lost. I thank you for uncommon favor with powerful kings like Artaxerxes. I thank you that the deed has already been written for me to receive all of the provisions and protection needed for me to act out the next assignment for my life. I decree and declare that I will not allow the voices of those who are jealous of your favor to stop me from building and completing my mission. I decree and declare that, like Nehemiah, you quicken and multiply the works of my hands so that I will be able to accomplish more in less time. I command every limiting thought that would hinder my momentum to be removed and cast away. I can and I will rebuild the lives of those around me, because you have anointed and appointed me to do so, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Listening to these daily prayers strengthens your relationship with God. Continue hearing from the Lord by listening to today's Bible in a Year. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney Collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility Dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. 
For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Nehemiah builds the wall. In our last story, the invisible and silent hand of God was used mightily in the life of Esther. In the presence of a great threat to the Jews in the Persian Empire, an unlikely hero was raised up to save them. Now we learn of another hero sent by God, Nehemiah. Nehemiah oversees the rebuilding of Jerusalem's temple. He gives them hope and encourages them to trust in the protection of God. Yet no wall could truly protect them from their real enemy. Inspired by the book of Nehemiah. In our previous episode, we heard how God used Esther, a young Jewish woman, to save his people from the evil plan of Haman, which was to wipe out the Jews in Persia. We see her courage to speak up for her people at great personal risk. And we see it demonstrated again that God doesn't need the strong and powerful to accomplish his purposes. He can do amazing things through people who are available to him. There are really two abilities that are needed availability, and expendability. And today we're going to hear of another who was willing to step up and do what God put upon his heart to do for him. A man by the name of Nehemiah will see the sorry state of Jerusalem and mourn for his homeland and his people, but then he will hear the call to boldly act to rebuild and restore what had been lost. Let's listen now to God's Word. The sun was shining on the empire of King Artaxerxes. The mighty nation of Persia shone in the light of day, gleaming with prosperity and power. Serving in the great halls of the king was Nehemiah. He was a Jew by birth, a descendant of the exiles, and loyal to the God of Israel. He served as the king's cupbearer and had his undying trust. Nehemiah served the king diligently and with joy. The two became very close. However, Nehemiah's heart always longed for the promised land. The exiles had returned home to the great city of Jerusalem. Nehemiah had caught word that the temple had been rebuilt, and the exiles were creating new lives for themselves. Nehemiah asked his brother how the new settlement in Jerusalem was faring. When asked the question, his brother's face turned bleak. I am afraid the remnant is in great shame. The walls were broken to begin with, but now they are completely destroyed. They are vulnerable and live in constant fear. As soon as Nehemiah heard these words, his knees buckled. He wept on the floor for his kin in Jerusalem. He beat his fist against the floor, imagining the women and children of the city lying awake in fear every night. A city without walls was a city without hope. Nehemiah mourned over them. He knew what must be done. His forehead pressed against the stone floor. His prayers echoed in his palace chambers. O Lord, he whispered, grant me favor for what I am about to do. The next morning, Nehemiah was serving food to King Artaxerxes. Nehemiah's usually jovial demeanor was replaced with deep contemplation. The king took notice of this. What troubles you? He asked as he was finishing his breakfast. You are usually filled with the joy of your God. Something must have changed. 
Nehemiah froze with fear for a moment. He and the king were close, however, he was still considered a god in the land. To be on his bad side was ill-advised. Live forever, my king, Nehemiah feigned a smile. Forgive me, but my face reveals a sorrow for my people. Their city is in ruins and the gates are destroyed. The king looked closely at Nehemiah. Artaxerxes has heard many stories of the Hebrews from his grandfather Darius. He had heard of Daniel, David, and Moses. Like his grandfather, he held a soft spot for the Hebrews. His stepmother, Esther, was also a Hebrew. He had learned much from her. What are your true desires, Nehemiah? Artaxerxes asked plainly. The cupbearer bowed and said, If it pleases you, I would like to see my people and help them rebuild the wall. As you know, I am a skilled architect. Nehemiah's words resonated with the king. Artaxerxes looked at his wife, who was beside him. She seemed to agree that the cause was noble. So Artaxerxes allowed for Nehemiah to go. Not only did he allow for his departure, but he funded the project himself. He sent money, resources, laborers, and architects to aid in the building. Nehemiah and his team traveled for days and finally returned to the once great city of Jerusalem. Its high towers and low valleys filled Nehemiah's heart with joy. He had always imagined visiting the great city. Now his dreams had finally come true. Nehemiah could smell the faint odor of burning mortar from a distance. As he drew closer, he could see that parts of the walls were still smoldering from their previous attacks. He walked the whole distance of the wall, holding his hands against the broken stone. The walls represented the fortitude of God's people. As long as these walls were broken, so would their spirits. Nehemiah gathered the tribes and elders together. They planned through the night, taking note of which repairs needed to be addressed first. Each tribe and family was responsible for overseeing their own portion of the wall. With the funds of the king, Nehemiah's guidance, and the favor of God, the wall began to find its strength once again. Men, women, and children all did their part to see the wall reach its highest potential. As the walls rose, so did the spirits of the people. However, the project was not without opposition. The tribes that lived on the outskirts of Jerusalem hated the exiles. Since their return, resources had been more scarce, and land was disputed over. They jeered and snickered at the builders, seeking to demoralize them. Look at these feeble little Jews trying to rebuild what's broken, they scoffed. Be careful that a fox does not brush its tail against your wall, lest it fall again. The men laughed. The Jews already lacked confidence since they lived most of their lives as exiles. Now they had to listen to the ridicule of their oppressive neighbors. Yet they kept working, and the wall continued to grow. The borderland armies could not bear the thought of Judah reclaiming its power, so they joined forces to rise up against them. The exiles stirred in fear. They were vulnerable and had very little to defend themselves with. Nehemiah did not waver. He put a sword in each man's hand and set up watchmen to take guard over the workers. The men continued to work, but their confidence was waning. Nehemiah saw this and stood before them. 
Listen to me, he shouted. Our God will fight for us. Keep building. If you hear the trumpet, rally to us and we will watch the Lord defend us. So each man worked with a hammer in one hand and a sword in the other. Weeks had passed and the Lord had thwarted many plans to assassinate Nehemiah. Each time the borderlands would try and lure him out into a meeting, Nehemiah was spared by warnings of their true plans. The wall grew day by day, as did the confidence of the people. It was as if building the wall itself was what the nation really needed. They needed to come together for a common cause and purpose. That served as a greater protection than the wall itself. Nehemiah began to plan for life after building. He gathered the leaders of Israel together and instituted a day where all debts were forgiven in the land. Nehemiah knew that a land could not thrive if the people were continually indebted to one another. This would prove as a powerful image of things to come, a day when the Lord would forgive the debts of humanity. After 52 days of labor in the hot eastern sun, the wall stood as a monument of hope for the entire nation. For the first time since exile, God's people were able to sigh a breath of relief. They no longer had to live in constant fear of ambush and violence. They could live in peace. They could worship in peace. Nehemiah called for Ezra to come before the people and read the word of God. There they bowed before the Lord and confessed their sin. They basked in his forgiveness and responded to the call to be better. Feasts and festivals were held to celebrate, yet all of it fell flat. No wall could truly protect them from the real threat. No brick could shield the people from their true enemy. The enemy of sin still existed. It still bore its teeth like a hungry lion. No wall would ever be large enough to protect them from their own hearts. That would take an act of God. That would take an act of the Messiah. In today's scripture, we meet Nehemiah, a Jew who, like other Israelites before him, had worked diligently even as a captive at an exile and had gained, therefore, favor with people in power. In Nehemiah's case, it was King Artaxerxes, the Persian ruler. Nehemiah was one of the most trusted servants of this man. He served as the cupbearer to the king and therefore served him food and drink, protecting the king from poisoning by his adversaries. He was close to the king. Nehemiah knew of the work of Ezra to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem, and this brought him great joy to know that his homeland was being restored. But he wasn't there, so he wanted to know what was actually going on in Jerusalem. And when he asked, the news disturbed him greatly. The city wall their first and best defense against invaders was on the ground, in shambles. The remnant was living in constant fear in this rubble. They were living in shame for the sad state of their homeland. Nehemiah was broken. He was distraught. He knew that the walls of Jerusalem represented hope and peace and the glory of God, and he couldn't imagine his brothers and sisters living without God's glory, without God's hope in their lives. So Nehemiah weeps, he mourns, and then Nehemiah went to action. And his first action, the first thing he did was to get on his knees. 
He knew that unless he had God's favor and blessing upon his life, none of his efforts would be fruitful. We can learn here so much from Nehemiah. Prayer is not our last chance. It is always our first choice. Too often we are quick to act and react, to reach out to those who, from a human perspective, had power and resources to help. And while there's a proper course of action, we must never forget to go first to God, who is our source of strength, who is our source and our resource always. We are to submit to His will and ask for His blessing and favor and for His provision. Nehemiah understood this, and it made all the difference in what he was going to do next. Before Nehemiah even spoke to the king, God prepared the king's heart. And so when Nehemiah went before this powerful man the following day, Anaxerxes took note of the change in the countenance of his trusted servant. He noticed that he was full of faith and courage. This opened the door for Nehemiah to tell the king that Jerusalem was in ruins. And amazingly, the king not only allowed Nehemiah to return home with his protection and blessing, but he sent resources and workers for the enormous work that needed to be done, the rebuilding of the walls. Once again, we see how God uses people just like you and me to accomplish his purposes. Everyone has a place on the wall. Everyone has a place of service to rebuild and restore what God is doing. Nehemiah arrived to Jerusalem with great anticipation, but also an understanding of the massive responsibility. He gathered the elders and the people to survey the work that needed to be done. Here again, we learn a valuable lesson from Nehemiah. He knew he had God's favor, but that did not mean it would be smooth sailing or that he could just mail it in without a plan. God had granted Nehemiah wisdom and skill at developing and planning and leading. And so he did not just dive into the work. He developed his plan and his strategy with the people. As we have heard, Nehemiah's campaign to rebuild the wall was not universally embraced or accepted. As is the case with any work that God has ordained for his glory, there was fierce opposition to the work. It didn't stop with derision and doubt and danger. There were actually people who tried to stop the plan and undermine the work that Nehemiah was set to accomplish. But Nehemiah reassured the people that God was on their side, saying to the leaders and to the people in Nehemiah 4:14, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. What a great challenge for us in the 21st century that we would fight for our families, for our husbands and our wives, our children and our grandchildren. His words, the words of Nehemiah, sound like the words of Paul, who would later write, if God be for us, who can be against us? We are more than conquerors through Christ. The people were emboldened by his words and pushed on even against hardship and opposition. Step by step, brick by brick, the walls came up and the city was protected by outside threats. But there were still threats internally, and Nehemiah set out to bring the people together. And when he did, debts were forgiven, the poor were ministered to and cared for, and the nation continued to heal. Then Nehemiah called Ezra to read God's word in the presence of the people. Their forgetfulness of God's ways had brought them to their lowest point, 
and only in turning back to God's word could he preserve this newfound peace and prosperity among the people. As the people listened, revival came to his people. Through this podcast, we have seen time and time again of the cycle of sin and judgment and restoration, revival among God's people. I pray that it has been apparent to you that this tragic cycle can happen again and again, and it is happening in the world today. It is happening in America today, and the only solution for the problems we face is spiritual awakening, that God would rescue his people and revive us again in the midst of the years. Dear God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the Old Testament with so many exciting stories, sobering stories, stories that remind us that you and you only are God. May we find our strength and our favor and our valor in you. Help us to do always what you have called us to do, to build and rebuild the things that you desire. And we pray, O oh God, that your church, called by your name, would faithfully advance your kingdom until you come again. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Pastor Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. Let me encourage you to download the Pray.com app and make Bible study and prayer a real priority in your life. And if you are enjoying this podcast, share it with someone you know, someone you care about, because sharing God's Word has a powerful impact upon people's lives. And if you want more resources as to how you can find faith, grow in your faith, develop as a disciple and follower of Jesus, be sure to visit me at jackgraham.org. We have plenty of resources that will encourage you and equip you for life. God bless you. This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality. Welcome to the Pray News Podcast, where hope is our only bias. Each day, we'll unpack the most prominent stories happening in the news and offer a Christian perspective. We won't shy away from the hard topics, and we won't dilute the hopeful message of Christ. This is more than a daily brief on the news. It's a way to be informed and transformed. Listen to Pray News on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, my God. 
Ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.